Today, we got a downer in space. We got oath coins, we got machines, we got kids, an episode titled so long it's going to get cut off in any YouTube search. It's episode six of Strange New Worlds, Lift Us Where Suffering Cannot Reach After the Jump. This episode of Commander's Log is brought to you by Geek Renaissance. Need that special gift for the nerd in your life? Love supporting small business? Look no further than Geek Renaissance. The artist, Sephra, makes all items by hand and will boldly go to the final frontier for your unique gift. Head over to geekrenaissance.company.site and use the code FLOBITO, that's F-L-O-B-I-T-O, to get 10% off your order. Don't forget to follow, like, and share Geek Renaissance on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Once again, this is Lobo Boys, Chief Communication Officer of the USS Post Show. But it's not about me. It's about time you look alive because Captain Sexily is on the bridge. What's up, Captain? What's going on? Hello. Hello, Mr. Boys. Hello. Oh, my gosh. You're just so attractive. I just, I can't believe you love Beard Gang. I feel betrayed. You're so hot. I don't feel that betrayed. What's going on? You're just, you're just way too kind. Uh, hey, everybody. This is what my beard hides. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ladies, he's off the market. Don't you be looking. Don't you be looking. I uh, I have had a couple of acting jobs lately, and uh, one of them, they said, it really would be better if you didn't have the beard. And yeah. the, other, the other one said, well, the character that you're auditioning to play doesn't have a beard. I want to I, I want to say that I mean this with the, with the utmost respect. So please don't like leave the show. But you look like the the kind of character that'll be in my sitcom. And I'll go for advice. You know, ah! <laughs> like, Mr. Ah! Weber, what should I do? <laughs> More root beer? Can I get you another root beer? <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> Mom's gonna freak. You know. <laughs> well, yeah, you look I, great, man. Thanks, man. I uh, you know it's funny. This is this is what I used for a long time. Uh, I. Uh, Jeez, I can't even remember. I I think when you and I first met, I had just started growing beards. Yeah, I think um, so. And it, and I remember the first time I shaved off a beard, and I hadn't seen you in a long time. And I booked you on a show that I was uh, I was producing up in Burbank, and you came up and you were like, "Who are you?" Right. <laughs> you were like, you have that power. Thing. Like, yeah, you had that 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 power, man. <laughs> Who are you? And like, it was so hard to get over. And yeah, it's a big difference. But thank you, thank you for being. I feel like I'm stuck. I feel like I've been I've been clean shaven for about 33 years of my life. But like the one time I grew it out because I was unemployed, I got like two of my biggest gigs ever. And so everyone who's ever booked me has only known me with the beard. So if I shave it now, but like, (laughs) it's funny. Okay, please take this the right way. Please take this the right way. You have you have a look that is great with a beard oh thank you you got you got the i mean like like i have a klingon head like if i don't if if i didn't have hair you'd be like what's up with all those ridges and like that big fin in the middle like (laughs) But, but um you i mean i've seen lots of pictures of you uh when you were younger and you didn't have the beard and uh and i'd have to say You've got a personality that can or cannot have a beard. Like 
Oh, thanks. You've yeah. you've got a clean shaven personality. You have a youthful, <laughs> I'll take it. Fun personality. <laughs> so you know, kind of the suave flobido, I think, comes out of the beard. If you see me in Vegas, I order things extra slow. I'll have your finest A and W. Actually, more of a barks guy. Uh, let's <laughs> let's get into it. Uh, root beer that's got bite. I'm a, yeah, I'm a, yeah. I want caffeine free root beer. I want one bite. Uh, I can't believe it. Episode six of season one, Strange New Worlds. We're past the hump. We're going to have. We're going on to the first week of July. If you can believe it, uh, this one is called "Lift Us." I can't, I can't say it fast. "Lift Us Where Suffering Cannot Reach." Hooked on phonics works for me. Before we get to nitty gritty of this week, man, John, let me ask you. How'd you feel? Um, I can say, I things continue on Strange New Worlds to uh, come together for me Ooh. to sort of, you know, wind together and create this rich tapestry that we want in a Star Trek show. Okay, and and that normally we get after like two or three seasons. You know that that first season of a Star Trek show, and I wouldn't really count New Trek. You know. Uh, I like using the phrase new Trek, actually. Discovery, Picard. Um, they're not, they're uh, very progressive in, in how they push everything forward. And Strange New Worlds is like that. And I'm I have really. A question. The, I don't cut you off. It, yeah. Enterprise is considered old Trek in your case? Oh, yeah. And Enterprise okay. is definitely old Trek. Yeah. Continue. Continue. Uh, yeah. And, and a lot of that has to do with um, fighting expectations. So Enterprise was the last of that series of shows, starting with TNG, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, Enterprise. They all kind of overlapped in some cases. Uh, they had a lot of the same people uh, working on them. And then after Enterprise, of course, on TV, Trek took a long hiatus. And then yeah. Alex Kurtzman came back. Oh, by the way, Alex Kurtzman... Uh, we have, we have showtime. That's some weird thing that in my family, it's like, we have to have showtime and I'm never arguing with it. Cause there's lots of good shows. Oh, the channel showtime, the, the channel of showtime. And I believe it's on showtime. I have to double check this, but Alex Kurtzman is doing the man who fell to earth. Oh, wow. And it's terrific. It's so good. Uh, honestly, I think anybody who's digging where Star Trek is right now will dig this show. If you ever watched the classic David Bowie movie, Man Who Fell to Earth, or if you ever read the book, and I did both, um, it's actually a continuation of the original, which is very Star Trek, very Alex Kurtzman, very cool. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, yeah, anyway. To answer your question, uh, yes. Oh, wow. I, I had my reservations, but again, I can never call it whether you're going to like the episode or not. Right. That, Craig Lubin says, what have they done to you, Captain John? He, he's joined Clean Shaven Gang. He's with you, Craig. He crossed over, baby. You should be, you should be embracing him, man. He has ascended. I have, I have two legit, two legit, <laughs> two, quit, quit, I quit quit yeah anyway no i had to go legit man just to make that money you know how it is <laughs> craig you know how it is oh uh, you know who's also making that money cadet uhura this time on rotation with laon uh nunian singh which i thought for sure would have been a ticket to being the worst episode of the season because you're the best uh, fan of nunian singh i mean we get to our main mystery or our main story this week uhura doing the the uh grand tour 
of the enterprise cool device lame device kind of a laser device where you sound on that this is what this, i actually have this in my notes where on the ship is Noya Tahura? Rockapella? Like every, every, hit it, Rockapella! <laughs> every week, she's doing another rotation in another department, working with another member of uh, the the ship's, you know, um, I don't want to say cast, uh, you know, with the crew. Yeah. Yeah. Hanging out with the crew, matriculating, as they say. Um, uh, to answer your question, I love this, uh, honestly, because I don't, the, Uhura is one of those characters. The more I see her, the more I love her. Mm. And I Fair loved enough. her from day one. Yeah. You uh, and, and, and the, um, the tradition of the Uhuras, I've loved all of the different people who've played Uhura and the characters that they've created. Uh, and even in the Kelvin movies, and I feel the same way about Spock. So, you know, it's like you can't get a bad one. They're they're just good actors, good characters, and you can see through their eyes. You can experience things through their experience. And this was kind of this was kind of funny how this gets introduced because uh she's in the uh Elevator turbo turbo lift. She's in the turbo yeah. lift. The elevator. The <laughs> That's so 20th century. <laughs> <The elevator>. So <laughs> So, um, you know, and it's one of those like, so yeah, the sore over there. Like, I just love that little scene of like, yeah, this is this is what it's going to be like on the Enterprise. You know, they're one big family. They all mm -hmm. kind of they kind of know each other's business a little bit and they're all kind of interested in each other's little business. But that's not the most fascinating part about that little. Tell scene. me. Yeah, here's here's what I got from that. Um, and I should have I should have taken down the line. I wonder if it's in the quotes over on Memory Alpha. But um, basically, the captain goes, um, "Oh, you're uh, you're with security this week. Um, have you learned the seven steps of awareness by Nudian Sting? Yeah. It does an imitation of her. Yeah. And what what I think." what I think is happening here is they're now creating the joke of who Nunyan Singh is. Oh. She's become a joke. And you like this. And I'm so okay with that. Yeah, I'm so okay with that because if you take it too seriously, oh, I'm an head of security and none of you know security as well as I do because I face the corns and all of this crap that we've seen that's like, oh, my life is so hard. I'm 22 years old and beautiful, and it's hard being me. Like, all of that that I hated is now or reduced hate. to we make fun tense. of her because she's <laughs> Present tense, you hate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was me. I mean, look, if, well, I mean, it's, I hate those characters. I, I, I used to well, read fan fiction. <laughs> Okay, that's not that's not creepy unless oh, the man. next sentence will be. Well, what's the next sentence? Oh, uh, you're you're freeze. You are not frozen. <laughs> you're here. Can you hear me? Okay. Captain? Um. My my uh, when I used to when I used to read fan fiction, um, a lot of times the writing tells you more about the writer than it tells you about anything else. Fair. And there were a lot of people who were kind of drama queens. 
who would write drama queen stories. And I was just trying to write and I wanted to write well, but the other writers were like, I want to write about how I'm the most awesome suffering hero in the universe. Everything in my life is so important. Everyone's interested in me. It's like, ugh, it's not writing. That's, you know, masturbating, but with words on a page. So when I see characters like that, that's how I feel. It's like, oh, this is not for me. This is for some goth 14-year-old who wears way too much mascara and eyeliner. And it's about her. It's not about me or anything I can identify with. And yet Uhura's story, I totally identify with. So well-done stories, well-done characters, mixing with not-so-well-done characters has been my experience so far in Strange New Worlds. But I like the fact that they make fun of Noonien Singh because yeah. that's what I would be doing in that case. I'm yeah. one of you now again. Lead by example, Captain. Uh, turns out that because the horror is on rotation, <laughs> there is a bit of a, a combat te in the opening teaser. Uhura misses, fires a ship, and it goes careening to Earth and then Starfleet doesn't leave people to die, unfortunately, in this episode, being a bored. Um, I thought it's kind of cool giving the power to all that to an intern and the intern messing up. That was pretty awesome. Uh, but we got was the meeting between Pike and Alora. Now, thoughts about this? Alora is going to be yes. a very important part of the show. But the first meeting between Pike and Alora, what, what was going through your mind? Um, that it was, um, it reminded me so much of the, um, they would do this a lot in classic Trek and they would do this a lot even in um, Next Generation. And that was um, the sailor has a girl in every port. Not every port, but, hey now. you know, there's someone he hasn't seen in a long time. Hey, now. And it's um, it's classic. It's it's classic Star Trek that it's like, oh, I haven't been there in 10 years. I, I wonder if she even remembers me. And then she's like, hello. And she's so gorgeous. <laughs> He's so gorgeous. And very much, you know, part part of the tradition. So I liked that. Was it too Kirkish for you or no? Um, they're going to have to work really hard to be too Kirkish for me because oh. I, in so many ways, uh, I feel like Pike is the really, really good version of Kirk. Oh, okay. But he's also, right, cool. you know, the modern version too. So he's, he's more thoughtful and a little less two-fisted, a little less ready to get into fights. Um, but, you know, uh, yes, it's Kirkish. I agree. But I like it. Cool. So after the dopest intro in Star Trek history, Pike is all like, you gosh, girls. Remember that? <laughs> and they get to have a chance to reconnect with, number one, not being impressed. Because, again, number one has nothing to do. Another week goes by with her with nothing to do. That's uh, just a small gripe. But meanwhile, on the ship. Uh, Dr. Mimbega is chatting with his daughter, and I kind of forgot about the storyline. Oh, I'm yeah. glad I brought it back. Uh, thoughts about this one? We're talking about having serialized episodes, but now we're having, or we got episodic episodes. Now just to have the serialized storyline, Dr. Mimbega. Um, I am a big fan of bring up a story and then uh, work on resolving it. Uh, as opposed to a lot of TV shows. I used to be a big fan of Castle. Did you ever watch Castle? The Nathan, Nathan Fillion, Fillion show. 
I mean, it, it it turns out that he's a terrible person. But uh, I, according to what I read in the media, I don't know. Sure. Uh, please don't sue me, Mr. Fillion. <laughs> but the um, the the they would draw stories out, just like the X Files, draw the story out forever. And um, having lived through that, having been a big fan of the show Lost. You know, these drawn out mysteries. I'm so happy that they introduce it. It goes into the background for a couple episodes and then it's back. And then we're addressing it again. They did this with the Gorn with uh, Noonien Singh. And I liked that a great deal. And I'm enjoying that here. Um, and, and it still hasn't magically fixed anything. Spoiler alert. Sorry. Okay. Uh, to yeah, anyone who hasn't watched it. Seriously, we're gonna have to talk about that ending. The hell with and them. if if you haven't watched the, the episode, stop watching us now because this ending is whoa, we gotta talk about this. Yeah. But um, but yes, I really, really loved bringing back his daughter, addressing this situation. It is uh, Dr. McBenga is a um, uh, you know, he's a very feeling emotional man. Uh he he's uh he's open to everyone. I I really love love him as our doctor but he carries the weight of this secret burden and i like kind of moving forward in that i don't want him to be stuck for too long i like him too much you know what i was gonna go through plot by plot and beat by beat but to hell with that if you're watching now commander's log the best show that recaps everything we're gonna go right top and dog broad strokes all the way down captain talk about thing that you liked in this episode what else made you go oh trekkie um uh when they meet uh the people from uh this this lady's planet Majalis. it becomes very hmm? Majalis. Yes, Majalis. Uh it becomes very clear that they are advanced so far ahead of the Federation that they don't want to be in the Federation. They don't see any use for the Federation. They are a super super evolved race. Also this is kind of interesting. They Tell live me. in cloud. They live in cloud cities. Yeah, I played that video game. It's called Bioshock Infinite. It was great. Um, the the um, the Star Trek uh, tradition is that there are cloud cities on the planet that has the cloud city. But why? I was watching that and I was like, well, they've already done this. But you know why? Why wouldn't multiple planets have cloud cities? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had them in Bioshock on Earth. Why, why wouldn't, why wouldn't that exist? Sure, sure. I'll go with you. And they have super advanced technology, and that's awesome too. Uh, they look down on us. I always look forward to the uh, show me where we are in the universe. Right. I always like that. You know, there are people more advanced than us. There are people less advanced than us. I, I, I like knowing that. I mean, I'm with you, but I hate the fact that, I mean, I guess that's kind of the point, right? But I hate the ones that are better than us being like, you silly dumb humans. It's like, yes, that's already been implied with your lifestyle. You don't have to be racist too, but maybe I'm just, you know, asking for well, what, a bunch of stuff. Well, what's funny about that, and uh, here's a, a white guy explaining racism to a black guy, so that's freaking hilarious. Um, <laughs> Can't be worse than I saw this week. <laughs> it, it, it is so hard to get around that. 
how do you get how do you say oh no no we're not nearly as advanced as you are but we're just as clever and we're just as valuable and the person in the seat of power always says that's not true absolutely you're not my equal. If you don't believe the captain, go to your local neighborhood council when they have a meeting about the homeless. Jeez. But uh, here's the thing about Magella or Magellus is that they have a technology, but they're not they're not messing with the Federation because of reasons we didn't know at the time. But in the meantime, we learned about the first servant, and it's very Golden Child. Remember that movie? Yes, <laughs> Golden Child. Oh, <laughs> oh man. So the first... The first servant is a savant, knows everything, science, technology. I mean, kids are cool. Thoughts about this? Having the MacGuffin be a, a human being or being a person, an individual, a soul, and a soul being underage. Very Sukal or different? Uh, you know, that's funny. There's a real uh, tradition to this kind of storyline. And uh, right up to the end, uh, you know, I could find other times when this storyline has been used. Uh, that does not take away from how powerful it was for me i actually was crying at the end of this episode okay tell me um, why you know the main reason is casting is so freaking good i make fun of how often <laughs> they're using canadian actors uh and that's just a uh, you know that's a financial reality that's a logistic reality they don't want to fly people in from new york and la to play the person has three lines or what have you. But it's it's very funny that at one point, Alora is saying, um, here on my planet, we do not accept outsiders. Outsiders <laughs> cannot possibly understand what our science is all about. I did not realize that. Going, Let, no, me, I... <laughs> <laughs> Let me buy you a beer, eh? <laughs> hey. Let's sit down and watch some hockey on your sky city planet there, eh? And then I'll go to the worst room. Like, oh, God, outsiders. Okay, so that's the bad side of it. She's still a great actor, and I, I still enjoy... Uh, sure. Lindy Booth is her name. Still enjoy her. A boot. But the the little fella, the, the little man who plays the first servant, uh, the actor's name is Ian Hope. He <laughs> is so good. Absolutely. It's so good. I believed this kid was super intelligent and super curious and has a great heart. Um, and then the guy who plays his father, who was played by Hus Madhavi um, Gamal, mm -hmm. uh, he was great too. And, and this is very Star Trek where you meet this uh, sort of diplomatic character who's a, just an absolute a-hole. Right. He's, a total jerk, but then you find out there are reasons why. Right. And and even the best thing to find out, which is he's not a bad guy at all. He just, he had his reasons that made him appear to be a bad guy. And then by the end, he actually gives us a gift. He gives us a boon of this knowledge, which they had been saying they were not going to share with outsiders. <laughs> <laughs> so I love alone. that. <laughs> okay. I love Canada. Canada does not routinely love me. So I'm going to ask you this question because I know it's out of order, but I'm not sure where it lands on your pro or cons. This is a, I don't want to say rare, but it happens that the bad guys, quote unquote, win in this one. Very yes. sorry, Pike. It's Chinatown. Uh, was this something you appreciated because it was out of the ordinary or was it a bad thing because it was such a downer? Where do you land on that? You know, 
Uh, it's so funny. I had seen a storyline kind of like this one on Doctor Who. And it was near the end of when I was watching Doctor Who. I stopped watching years and years and years ago. We were out of um, time, you know? Ninth it, Doctor? Or? Um, you know what it was? It was the Matt Smith. When Matt Smith started, 11? maybe two or three episodes in. And I was like, nah, this just isn't going to get better. This is just <laughs> the same thing over and over. Uh, and I like Matt Smith, and I I like I like all the the people who play Doctor Who, Capaldi and and uh, Jody uh, Whitaker, whatever her name is, Jody Sweeney. Anyway, uh, Julie Sweeney. No, um, that's Pat. Uh, <laughs> I'm so lost right now. Um, I really, I really responded to the fact that we lose, and that and and here we go. Um, let's talk about the very end. We actually watch. We find out that this entire Cloud City culture is powered by basically a child battery. Mm -hmm. They take these super special kids, these incredibly special kids, and they plug them into their machine and it tortures them for their entire lives till they're burned out and dead. Mm -hmm. And that is so science fiction that I I respect the hell out of it. It's very Twilight Zone. Yes, yes. It's very unsentimental and unkind to the viewer. And you have to deal with this heavy heaviness at the end of the episode. And then, um, you know, I'm watching Captain Pike with the big bottle of, I assume, bourbon. Romlin ale? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Just just drinking liquor and just staring out his big giant window. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm with you, pal. I'm with you. I'm not drinking, but I'm with you. Cause the, man, that was a hell of an adventure. And so let's take me back there. So it turns out that the essential thing was at a point of celebration, uh, at a result, of a lot of twists and turns in a writing, who's a good guy, who's a bad guy. Um, yeah. it turns out that Pike had a moment cause he got, he gets invited part of the ceremony and i i was making my notes to go oh here's where hollywood ended he's gonna you know punch some guys in the gut it's gonna save the day i got you kid give a but big speech change their hearts and minds yeah they they not only see the first servant agree under his own volition which is a whole other thing because in our yeah. culture we don't give that power to children yes uh, agrees under their own volition to be plugged in and there is an instant pain i guess uh being in the system, Pike gets knocked out, and it's already it's done. No one saves him. There's no like Pike, and there's no captain. Are you okay? He gets transported back to the loser's chamber. And I said, This is gonna be very polarizing. I thought it, it was well done. Oh, yeah. It made me feel like there is a coldness in space. I kind of missed that. I think Discovery does that a lot better. I think, like, hey, look, yes. there's no friends out yeah. there. Uh, but I was like, Man, this could yeah. either be a really like poignant episode or when it's really a downer, especially involving children. Yeah, I mean, you know, one thing you've got to remember is uh, our culture here on Earth, uh, many, many, many cultures, of course, but we all share certain uh, beliefs, and and to break those beliefs is taboo. In, in every culture, um, children are valuable. Children mm -hmm. are to be protected. And, of course, I'm sitting there, my eyes crying my eyes out thinking about school shootings and mm. how often because because she has that moment alora i could never alora alora has that moment where she can say where she says 
can you truly tell me no child in the Federation suffers? And, and can you tell me that in the Federation, when that child is suffering, you don't look away? Yeah. And to have gone through what we've been through here in the U.S. of there's an entire class of people in our politics that protect the rights of guns, but not of their victims. That is, and I don't care if you like guns. I actually like guns. But the fact is, I believe it should be meritocracy. I believe you should earn it. You should be good enough. You should work. You should study. You should care. There should be a moment where you can imagine, maybe I won't be good enough. That's my personal belief, not necessarily even Flobo's belief or the beliefs of Commander's Log. I just want to, John John Weber said that, no one else. You're half the show, so that doesn't really matter. <laughs> Uh, we, have, and, we have a sponsor, but she's actually my friend, so you're fine. <laughs> we, and Craig Lubin brings up, in the U.S., 6 million children, 16% of all kids nationwide were living in poverty in 2021. And who is watching out for them? And who is trying to protect them? Who's trying to get between them and harm? Not enough people. So that wagging of the finger at Captain Pike Really, the Federation is better than us and children never suffer on your watch. And he can't he can't argue with that. Someone always loses. Someone is always suffering. It's terrible. I don't want to diminish what you're saying about Pike's uh, mentality at the top. But to me, the the, the that scene of, of or shot, I guess, wasn't the scene of, of Pike looking into the sun, a sun with the, the bottle of liquor, glass of liquor. I was like, because he was trying to flirt with the idea of asking a lord for help about his own future. It was kind of like, hey, maybe you could help me out. And right. he wasn't explicitly complicit, but I think there's that guilt of being like, I can't believe I was always, I was literally in bed with her, but always would be in bed with her to get That's the right. solution at the expense of basically directly supporting terrorism or or, or right. what have you so right, that to right. me made me go oh my gosh because we've done that before like i'll you know what full disclosure i've i've had plastic surgery before um i i've i've lost 150 pounds um of weight and i had excess skin in my stomach and um I had to get it removed because my ran it was like it was the force of the skin so but i had complications over surgery and when Two days after it, I almost bled out. My suture oh my line God. had reopened. Oh uh, I almost almost bled out on my couch, which is a cool story because when I was about to die, I said, man, if I survive this, I want to try stand-up comedy and the rest is history. Not the point oh. of story. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, great. That's uh, your origin story. That's, that's my origin story. So it's terrible, of, but it's good. A lot of ways I owe it a lot to, to almost dying because he only lived yeah. twice, right? Uh, right? But at the same right. time, there was a point of me thinking I was going to die, being like, I can't believe I put this on myself. I didn't have to take elective surgery. I elected for it, and it's almost going to kill me. And so right. that meant that morality balance was something that I guess maybe that was the A plot of everything. But I went, oh, well, yeah, it is kind of interesting thing. I was trying to find a way for a situation, but then deal like, what have you done? You know what I mean? At the same way. Right, right. I mean, it's interesting. We find this sort of magical science that um, that these, these folks the, uh, are capable of, and everybody – everybody uh, uh you know a few characters dr mcbanga and pike uh, chiefly among them are like oh i could benefit from this but at what price because they don't want to share and um and what will it take and yeah it goes both ways uh for pike 
it's like i can't be associated with these people they're powering yeah. their world with a child i can't you know i i gotta just walk away when he at the very end of his confrontation with with her uh on her planet picks up the communicator and goes number one go or whatever he says it's and then i'm like oh don't beam the kid off the planet and destroy the planet uh that would be terrible no they just beam him up that's all it yeah. was and yeah it's like wow that's even sadder that's even more tragic that he does nothing he he can't do anything and he does nothing except walks away just kind of haunted even more he was already haunted uh it's yeah it's a bummer it's a real bummer ending um that that little moment at the end with uh gamal and dr mabenga is the saving grace of this episode yeah yeah I, you know I, I talked about it earlier but it does have that kind of chinatown feel of yes like, there's you Perfectly. can even if you save the day for first servant there's going to be something else and there's gonna be another child ascending that's just the way it's going to be this is a place where you cannot win your morals cannot win your what you care for and love your principles none of these things are going to help you win in this situation and we're not used to that um as star trek fans as federation fans we're not used to being so powerless in situations so it's very educational uh whew, that's kind of a downer but let me move on to my Let's go to my code of the week to try to bring some levity here. Uh, my one of my favorite scenes is when they were uh, doing the uh, the oath coin check, and yes. then, and then really like like what follows the most clumsiest foot chase I had ever seen on television. It was almost like the green screen stage was ten feet long, so I was like, <laughs> like what are you? Just stop! Just stop doing that. But I like when Pike puts up the the, the phaser and go, it's not set on stun. I'm like, oh, <laughs> Dave Caruso line is here, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, dude, so cool. that was such a great line. And yeah. and then I was just imagining like the other guy, like I don't know your technology. What are you talking about? I don't. <laughs> right. know. Oh, yeah. like, I'm not. I don't really keep up with Star Trek shows. I, 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 phaser, um, right? What What was wild about that was the other guards turn on that one guard and then he's like, well, I better run. And he disintegrates one of the other guards. Just it was so <laughs> cool. It's like, so, cause you know what? Let's be real. I hate to make this a racial thing, but you land on the, on the planet and there's like a house Negro telling Alora her daily plans. I was like, Oh, come on, man. So finally we get one good black guard and he gets vaporized. You're like, can someone catch this rampant racism? But finally Pike does baby. With a good old red-blooded <laughs> all-American tackle. He, it was, do you remember, uh, oh God, who was that guy who wrestled in TNA? He was the alpha male and he had the pounce. Oh, yeah, Marty Brown. Marty Brown, I love him. He just, oh, he just, he speared him. He just, oh, what a beautiful tackle that was. And I always loved that. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, but as Craig Lubin says, I was waiting for Pike to put on Dave Caruso Ray-Bans after that line. So that begs the question, John, do you, you have a CSI Miami line for the situation? <clears throat> Looks like this guy's coin came up tails. Yeah! <laughs> I, I could do better. I could do better. <laughs> a little rusty at my improv. 
I love that show, man. That's one of my favorite ones. In the early 2000s, it was a different time. Um, but but yeah, so that was kind of my favorite scene only because we saw that Pike is willing to do a little bit more. Oh, I like that. I like a little bit more of that swashbuckling thing Absolutely. that Kirk is known for. And speaking of Kirk, Sam Kirk's still around. I thought he was I, gone. I love Sam Kirk. Oh Tell my me God. more. He's one of my favorite characters because he is such a doof. He's so mediocre. <laughs> Yeah, he's kind of just hanging around, huh? He's like, um, hey, you should tell that Ninian Singh to give you a full hour for lunch. And Ninian Singh walks up and goes, you can tell me to my face. And he's like, uh, I'm, uh, what is it? I'm conflict, conflict diverse. Conflict diverse. <laughs> it's like a, like a Simpsons character. Like, flagging, <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> what, what's his deal, man? What's, what do you think Kurt's going to be? What, any uh, tips or any kind of predictions? Honestly, I think this Kirk is going to be so mediocre to set up when James Kirk is on the show. So he's going to be cannon fodder. I, I well, we we know he can't die. Um, he might get injured a lot, actually. Because you can clone him, you can biometric him, you can implant him like Picard. You can do all things with him. Holy cow! Look at you. You're absolutely right. Yeah, there's lots of ways around that. There's uh, no stopping death in entertainment. We can find anything we want to make that happen. Science fiction, folks. Um, wh what I love about it is his name is Kirk, and he's kind of a doof. And um, he has to survive because he gets killed later in TOS. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, James Kirk has to avenge his brother's death and and deal with his brother's death. And that's, you know, that's a thing. I, I you know, I want that to remain intact. Uh, oh, can I just drop this in? Drop this it. Probably something that I could have kept for much later. Uh, so, you know, my fascination with uh, Chief, Chief Kyle. Yeah, yeah, redheads. <laughs> but Chief Kyle, the fact that Chief Kyle is... I think he's in every episode. He is. He, he's the uh, transporter room chief. Um, no better than O'Brien. And uh, <laughs> I know. really don't like that guy. I, I don't. No, I, do? I, he annoys me, but I don't. I don't not like him. But it's kind of like you don't really add anything, chief. What are you doing? <laughs> I, I have such a love hate relationship with that character myself. I know exactly what you mean. Um, and and the fact that Colm Meany is always doing things that he's not good at. And yeah. I mean, chiefly, whenever he does an accent that's not Irish. Right. <laughs> it, it just uh, sounds awful. But um, the the actor who plays Chief Kyle. Who was so mean last week to those recruits. So that was kind of funny. Uh, yes, very funny. Andre Day Kim. Uh, he is from Degrassi, The Next Generation. The one where Drake was on? <laughs> I, I mean, Drake was on original Degrassi, oh. but but the you know the the next gen, um, they actually use a few actors uh, from that show. But yeah, he's actually well known in Canada because he's on the Little Kid soap opera, uh, and so you know, <laughs> I actually go, well, is that why they just went all in on him? I mean, as I'll Joe like Town. Is is Joe Townsend pointing this out? Yes. Where's Hammer? Missing in action says. for two consecutive episodes now. Yeah, he wasn't on this episode. Well, you got to follow the Flash principle. If you guys watch any CW show, if someone gets injured, they always take the week off for budgetary reasons. So I'm assuming he's recuperating, going to the holodeck maybe if there is one. <laughs> <laughs> 
probably in his quarters. <laughs> you would not love that episode, would you? <laughs> Maybe. A hammer, a hammer, uh, hammer on the beach where he's an Enar. Yes, that would be hilarious. <laughs> it's too hot here. <laughs> I thought I was a genius. Well, I mean, if he's on the holodeck, it's all going to have to be. Uh, I, you know, I don't know that, Kay. I don't know. So Kay says, howdy all. Chief Kyle is the gay mascot of the Enterprise. A, I don't know that. I mean, they, there is a possibility. He, he's, it's not, it's, inc- it's a conclusive, but I, you could take that scene out of context and say, I mean, he did get that guy that look before he was vaporized to a crisp, right? <laughs> and, and there's nothing holding anyone back. Uh, you know, we're, we're not downplaying anyone's sexuality on Star Trek anymore. So it could be, and it would be perfectly yeah. normal. Ortegas, uh, maybe I say this every week, but I love Erica Ortega so much because I know people from the military and there are a lot of people like her. Yeah. And and uh, not, you know, straight presenting, not, uh, you know, super femi femme, uh, and and I I just love the sort of military realness of it. Yeah. So yeah, I, it could be. I, it's a very small gripe. My only thing about Ortega, and I think I said it a couple of weeks ago. My only thing about Ortega is that it, she feels like a character that came out this year. Like she just strolled yeah. in, like, "Hey guys, find a spaceship." Okay. And it's fine. It's it works, but it's kind of like everyone else is in the future. Why do you tell you're from 2022? That's true. I mean, it's it's very. She is a very like modern person yeah right i mean stress-free case says ortegas is straight up military butch i mean i i've got so many friends like erica joe. ortegas leave call uh, alone joe uh joe <laughs> says laon and chief kyle are both competing for hard ass of the year well leave joe. chief kyle alone i guess the recruits hate them hate, hate ah. them <laughs> i mean that's the other thing too when you're a chief you're usually not uh, part of the uh, officer program, you were a volunteer. You went into the the military and you worked your way up. Yeah. And there, there's a lot of respect for for people who who do that as well and weren't part of like officer training, which of course Uhura is, and that's why we're kind of following her around. Um, as Hammer said two weeks ago, uh, most people in your position are just dreaming of being captain. Yeah. And so, you know, there's a big difference in how people enter into the military. I'm I'm glad they portray that as well. That's another yeah. thing they do well. I had no idea. It was so similar to our own. Uh, for the fact, I was supposed to be an airman in the Air Force, but they told me, no, you're too fat. But I always wonder how my life would be different if I wasn't, you know. Uh, you know, I, I actually have in my life to this very day, some serious discipline problems. And uh, so many people in my family went into the military that it was something that was discussed quite a bit for me. And um, I wonder, I wonder if I would have been as funny or as creative. Um, like I wonder the military or like ROTC or boarding school or. Uh, you know, if I had gone in, I would have tried, well, you know what? What branch? What branch? I probably air, probably Air Force because there was more Air Force in my family, but there was some Navy in my family. But I, I, me and water, nah. I know there's <laughs> lots of things where you don't end up on a boat in the yeah. Navy, but why chance it? Fair enough. 
Like, hey, look, you float, Weber. <laughs> I'm going to put you in the USS Nimitz around Australia or something. Like, my my uncle joined the Army right, right like, in 73, and uh, Vietnam was still going on. And yeah, everyone yeah. was scared to death what was going to happen to my uncle, but he ended up in Germany for, for two years during all that. You know, Wait. basically... So 73 was Vietnam, and then what, 80, the next conflict was what, Beirut? Was it 80, 82? Um, Beirut was more like a sort of police action. Okay. So, uh, you know, like, I don't think my uncle had, I, I believe I, oh, I should call my uncle Jimmy and ask him. Um, I don't think he was drafted. Um, I think he joined. I'm just having that realization, like, man, we've been fighting a lot of people. Like, what, what are we not fighting people? <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, how many years later? Wait a minute. <laughs> I, after Vietnam, there were still, like, people yeah. stationed in places that were very, very dangerous, like Beirut and mm -hmm. Lebanon and all that. Um, and then the very few conflicts, though, extremely limited number of actual shooting wars. Um, that's, like, the whole thing behind uh, the original Top Gun movie is how it's a cold war that they're fighting. And oh, that yeah. there have there have been some conflicts, but they've been extremely limited and they don't talk about them and blah, blah, blah. And so, you know, that was that's kind of that cold war mentality that you grew up during. Uh, Stress-free case of the feeling your hero might be a little more successful than tailing an officer training duties. I hope so. Uh, Craig Lubin says, I did Air Force ROTC in college. Bell that just before I was locked into becoming a second lieutenant. I actually yeah. wanted to be part of the Office of Special Investigations or OSI, NCIS at the Air Force. Nice. And Joe Townsville says, things changed by the time I came along. I reserved for the draft in the post office. So for those of you who live outside the United States, every male... Uh, when they're 18 years old, has to sign up for the military. But it isn't like Israel yeah. where they give you a gun. It's called the Selective Service. Women are exempt, which is kind of interesting, right? Women are exempt, but as a guy, you can opt out from joining, but you can't be eligible for student aid if you do. So you got to put your name on that line, even though you may not even be used. So, like, we don't have a draft, but we kind of do. Yeah, yeah. I remember signing up for it kind of proudly because I was a real, like, uh, political conservative at the time and very pro-military. And I remember my mom wouldn't talk to me all day. And Dang. I, it's not like I had a choice, you know, but she had seen the best of her generation get, you know, destroyed yeah. by Vietnam. So I totally get it. Totally understand yeah. it. Well, speaking about Starfleet, Starfleet Command, um, I think it's still cool. Uh, as as it is right now with Uhura's uh, cycle training, going to different stations or whatever, do you think she'll decide to, to lean in certain uh, aspect before she becomes on the bridge crew? Or do you think that's going to be kind of like a, is this a way to get her off doing things in season one? I was wondering about that because is, is this just uh, she's taking a tour of all the different you know, departments and, and branches that are within the ship. And yeah. so through her eyes, we see all these different corners of the ship. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good way of going. You can only do that for about a year. Right. Um, you know, maybe, maybe they could go into second season with her still doing this, but I doubt it. I'm pretty sure this is only a first season thing. Right. Um, so, you know, story wise, I can see that working the, the way, you know, it's like, oh, you know, we'll get to know all these people. Joe Townsville says, the burn question for me today is, Captain John, where are your whiskers? Good look with or without facial hair. 
Thank you so much, Joe. I love how he accuses you, but he's like nice about it. He's a bad cop, and then good cop. <laughs> Where the hell? Either way, it's fine. Carrot and stick. <laughs> um, well, I, you know, again, the, um, the, the thing that is going on with my career right now is kind of exciting because people want to hire me to do acting jobs for them, but they didn't want to hire the beard. So, and I don't know if I'll even get these jobs. I had to audition uh, for them without the beard so they could see what it looked like. So we'll see. Also, I'm in the play that's starting this weekend and uh, it was just better for the characters I'm playing if I didn't have a beard. As we roll into the end of the show here, I won't go too much in depth because you're not responsible for watching next week's preview, but I sent the captain a clip of next week's episode, episode seven, and it seems the Enterprise is caught in a certain kind of web. A web, if you will. Hmm. Made of lasers. That they can't go anywhere. Well, anyway, I'm looking for hot folding singles in my area, and I said, "Oh, what the odds? <laughs> what are the possible odds?" Captain. You are sexy. I think you're sexy. Flowball, let's have coffee. Oh, oh man, she's a keeper. Uh, thoughts about that? Possibly, possibly. Rooms are swirling. We may see some Tholians by season's end. I mean, I look. I think they're teasing us. Uh, Tholians don't need the. Um, they don't need the setup that these guys are using in next week's episode. Uh, maybe they used it at one point and I'm wrong. Um, I believe when we run into Tholians in TOS, they are still kind of new. Like we don't quite understand what they do. So again, we're making reference to TOS on something that we know gets discovered in TOS. So why would we do it now? However, any culture can set up a, a trap made out of laser beams. Yeah. <laughs> Do I know that? No, I'm guessing. I, I figured that'd be kind of like a Prometheus thing or be some other race that does it. Then someone goes, hmm. <laughs> you know, that makes sense too. I'm a big Prometheus fan. So actually that, that makes sense. Really? Prometheus oh, yeah. to me was a movie where like I enjoyed it thoroughly when I was there, but I walked outside the theater and we got neuralized. I can't remember. I know Charlie Theron ran a straight line when a big curved spaceship fell on her. But that's all I remember. Like turn left, chick. What are you doing? Squat. It was okay. Seriously, you can't <laughs> un you can't outrun height. You can outrun width. Go go sideways. Um uh yeah, and I saw the second one too. Um I, I keep, you know, I have enough uh, streaming services that I keep running into them and just going, oh, what the hell? And I'll just put the movie on. I'll do something else. I'll come in and watch for a while. But yeah, all the alien stuff, the xenomorphs, um, you know, the deep, deep mythology uh, that we run into with Prometheus. I, I kind of dig it. I kind of love it. Well, we were talking about this early in the episode, but Chester K who really wants a bit of a, a primer on this. Uh, the Megas about dilemma, because uh, what if his daughter tells her dad she had enough of the pattern buffers? So even though it looks to be steps for the cure of that disease she has, stand by, uh, uh there is, a, I didn't really realize this, there is a bit of feeling on the case of her being like, I am tired of being inside this magical box, Captain. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the scene where um, the first servant uh, is playing with her and they're basically playing hopscotch. It's just one of the cutest things in the world. And and this is good casting, too. 
This is uh, Craig Rubin. Craig Lubin says, run to the side, run to the goddamn side, which just reminds me of the movie The In-Laws where uh, he's running while being shot at and the CIA guy's like, no, run Serpentine, Serpentine. And so he goes back and he's running in a zigzag. <laughs> That's actually a good bit. I haven't seen it. <laughs> um, you know, the thing with the kids is you can hire kids uh, for a TV show and they're not always um, likable. Right. Uh, sometimes what adults choose in, in a child actor, uh, does not quite work. And that character is not quite likable. And I love, I can say this, uh, yeah, I can say this across the boards. I love the casting on mm -hmm. strange new worlds. They keep introducing mm -hmm. me to actors that go, I need you to stretch your imagination a little bit and imagine, you know, in this case, imagine this kid is a genius. Yeah, no problem. This kid is so well-spoken, uh, good communicator, just a terrific little kid. Um, I love Mabenga's daughter. Uh, it's, you know, and I care. That's the thing. They want you to care. And, and I do. They got me. What do you want, though? Do you want her to be saved and cured and be a cast member? Are you okay with this being part of a Mabenga's tragic backstory if he doesn't keep her? What would you, as a fan, prefer? Somebody else called it. I wish I could remember whom it was. Just say it was uh, me. Joe, I want the credit. It was Flobo. Okay. So hey! Flobo, Flobo <laughs> called it at some point, which is um, they're going to cure her. This is a prediction. They're going to cure her, but because he broke so many rules to do that, he's no longer chief medical officer. Mm. He, he gets a demotion. Right. And that kind of goes in line with what Dr. Mabenga was in TOS. He was a doctor, but he wasn't chief medical doctor, uh, chief medical officer. Uh, that would work for me. Um, that would uh, that would give him a little bit of shame that he has to bear because he really did break the rules here and was draining resources from the ship to keep his daughter alive. Uh, although, as we find out, as soon as First Officer Una finds out she's like no no we're gonna keep doing this it was wrong though but we're gonna keep this child alive that's the most important thing so you know at the end of this episode we lose the first servant that's terrible but we gain it's it's a blueprint to getting her better we don't get the cure right uh so you know it's a it's a terribly painful trade-off but we do get that trade-off and i'm happy we just you know it's like walking out of a casino with a dollar in your pocket you're lucky right. to have that yeah that and as you mentioned it really was uh the bright light in a very sour episode not sour oh tragic God. i should say it's very like, tragic just yeah, i mean yeah. we're all bearing some burden after that episode and yeah. that's okay too yeah, it kind of makes you realize the sanctity of life. But, you know, me, I'm not going to wax poetic about that because John so did so succinctly put. But Commander's Log is towards its end. U.S. Post Show is landing now. Uh, any final thoughts, words, notes before we get out of here, Captain? Uh, you know, I still don't know why the uh, why they, <laughs> why they had Captain Pike come down and watch all the horribleness. It was like, well, normally outsiders are not invited to this, but you are. Come on in. Watch us kill a kid. Uh, yeah, that is kind of weird. I was like, why? Okay, but he's going to save it, right? Oh, he's not saving us. Oh, this is just awkward. I mean, everything about it was so painful. But yeah, sometimes that's how it is. Sometimes that's the story. 
Um, but yes, I hope there are more imitations of Nunian Singh. <laughs> you can't do that. I don't want you doing that. Like I, I love the fact that they make fun of her, and now she's the. Um, I wish I remember the character from Babylon Five, but uh, it's like the character of May from Agents of Shield. You know, there's the woman who's the badass. Right who seems to have no sense of humor and there's a lot of humor at her expense because she has no sense of humor. If they go in that direction, I'll be pretty happy. Oh, that's it. I'll be pretty happy. U.S. Post show set a course of Starbase 80 where John and I will be back here Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Pacific to talk about the Enar episode, season four, episode 14 of Enterprise. But Captain, now the time you dump everything. If someone to follow you, connect with you, you know, just make sure they are on there waiting for your shows when they go on air how they go about doing that on facebook you can find us at uh starbase 80 we have our own page called starbase 80 a lot of stuff uh all our stuff uh from starbase 80 is posted there and then on youtube you can visit me at weber internet thingy and that's where you can find all kinds of shows that flobo and i have done together that joe townsell and a bunch of other boys and i have done together uh, that that is a good central place to to look for us as well uh, on YouTube, Weber Internet thingy. Absolutely. If you know any of your Tholian relatives that are single, hit me up at Flubble Boys on that Twitter. Again, on Sunday, we're doing Starbase 80. But in the meantime, follow me on Instagram as well at Flopito. It's my birthday this month. People are asking me how can I celebrate. Well, you can purchase a book. Graduation day available on Amazon. It's advice for young adults when they are graduating. It is June. Make sure you make that happen. Um, that is it for me. I'm going to get out of here. Captain, can you do me a favor? Can you say the words? You beautiful, beautiful nerds. Live long and prosper. Yeah.